right into my message this morning. It's talking about our reach as a church behind just the Sunday. And today we're going to hear the feedback from the Eastern Cape Mission. We're going to hear the feedback from the Germany Mission. And my prayer this morning is while we were praying, I, was, I had a funny picture while we were pre, doing pre-service prayer of all these exotic foods to eat. And I don't know if you've ever traveled, but at some point you want to go home and have a braai with some bread, right? Because there's just, and I thought about this message, this message about missions. Sometimes it feels like, but it's such a staple message in our, in our, in our walk as Christians, and especially being a church, being part of a movement that believes in the mandate that Jesus has given us, but we need that staple, and we need to stop sometimes and remind ourselves why missions is important. I'm going to take a few minutes to answer the question this morning, why do we do missions as a church? I believe this, studying the Word of God, that throughout Scripture, God reveals Himself as a sending God. We see it throughout the Bible. It's not just a New Testament notion, but throughout, He sends His angels to go and do things. And then he, he meets his people and he goes to Abram and says, Abram, I'm going to send you to another place. And then he says, I'm going to show you a land that I want you to go and take. And then he says, Moses, I'm going to send you to the promised land. We see how he sent his prophets and his kings to establish his kingdom here on earth. And then there's the heroes of the Bible that needed to go to other kingdoms to bring the kingdom of God and reveal the kingdom of God to other nations. We think about Daniel, we think about Jonah that was sent on mission. So this is in essence who God is. He is ascending God. He has a mission, an awesome, purposeful, clear mission, and he uses us as people to help fulfill that in sending us. So if we understand that at the basis, that in itself to me is enough to say, well, God, if that is who you are, you are ascending God, then I will say, here am I, send me like Isaiah did. Avery Willis, one of our recent missiologists, wrote this. He says, missions is the activity of God's people, the church, to proclaim and to demonstrate the kingdom of God in the world. So if you want an answer to the question, why missions and what missions is, there's the answer right there. It's us, his people, having the ability to go and to demonstrate and proclaim his kingdom around the world. And that excites me because you get different types of missions. You get very strong evangelical missions where we go and we want to come back and we want to hear that there were hundreds of souls saved. But then you get missions like the ones the apostles took from time to time to go and strengthen the churches in other places, to go and encourage, to go and come around and, and, and remind them of what God has done. Then there's missions where we just go and pray and see God for a new nation or things He needs to do. So in all of that, it is simply to proclaim and demonstrate His kingdom to the world. And you're going to hear some exciting stories this morning of how we've done that this past uh, April holidays. So five reasons, biblical reasons. I could probably name 25 this morning. I could probably name 30. But I chose five important ones that I want to share with you to remind us of this staple that we are called as his church to go on missions. I'm thinking about it personally. Um, if I need to be asked personally, Pierre, why do you go on this journey and why is this so important to you? 
it's as simple as, well, you know what? Jesus Christ gave his life for me, and that message is one I can't hold. So I will go at every opportunity I have to share it with the world. That in itself is enough reason to me. But I'm going to show you from Scripture this morning five reasons why missions is important. The first one is the gospel message of salvation for all. I love that moment in Acts where Peter gets the revelation of the vision of heaven and God brings down the cloth and he shows on on the cloth all these animals and he says, it's for the taking. And he says, Lord, but it's impure. He said, no, it's not. And then Peter had the revelation that God came for everyone, that God came for every nation. And God's message of salvation for all is the reason that we go on a mission. If you want to turn your Bibles to Romans chapter 10, verse 5 to 17, and we're going to do a lot of reading this morning, we see it in there as well. I'm going to read this for us. It won't be on the screen. You can make a note if you want to go and study this later. But it reads like this. For Moses writes about the righteousness that is based on the law, that the person who does the commandments shall live by them. But the righteousness based on faith says, Do not say in your heart who will ascend into heaven, that is to bring Christ down, or who will descend into the abyss, that is to bring Christ up from the death. But what does it say? The word is near you, in your mouth and in your heart. But this message is in us and around us and it's near us. That is the word of faith that we proclaim. Because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. For the scripture says, everyone who believes in him will not be put to shame, for there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. The message of salvation is for everyone. For the same Lord is Lord of all, bestowing his riches on all who call on him. For everyone, anyone, any nation who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And here's the key. How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. Take a good look at your neighbor's feet and tell them it's beautiful. Sorry, Pete, I can't say that of you. I look at my wife's feet. You've got beautiful feet. How beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news, but they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah said, Lord, who has believed what he has heard from us? So faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. This is a compelling piece of passage that says that this message of salvation is for everyone and we better take it out there. Because there are some that haven't heard. When we wrote the song, One Hope, we thought about this, is that there is, while we worship on a Sunday, billions around the world who still have to join in our song. And unless we, the church, respond to this, that this salvation message is available for all, we are missing the whole point. And that's the starting point of missions, is that Jesus died for us, and we get to celebrate this every week, so we better take this message out into the world. I love how he uses some strong things here. He says you need to preach, you need to be sent, you need to go. Sharing the gospel doesn't happen like this, sitting and waiting. It's an action. 
You need to get up and take action and take the salvation message of for all to the world. Second, very good reason why we do missions is simply because of the great commandment. We all know this very well. And they asked Jesus in Matthew 22, Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And he said to them, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. For some, it stops right there. It's like, that's it. I need to love God. And it's, it's more than that. He then makes a compelling statement in saying, this is the great and first commandment. And a second is like it. That word like in the Greek means it's got equal rank. And the second part of this has got equal rank to the previous one. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. It's a three-way year. He says, love me. And yes, do take care of yourself, but you better, of course. You can't talk about this. It's a little bit like running hurdles on an athletic course. You can't just run because you're going to get hit with the hurdles along the way. You can't just stand and jump because then you could rather do high jumping. I would rather jump, opt for the jumping thing with the bass guitar in my hand than running down and trying to jump over hurdles. I used to hate hurdles at school. I got hurt with the hurdles the whole time. I think that it should be called hurdles, not hurdles. <laughs> but it's these two together. You need to run wholeheartedly and passionately about for God and to God and love Him deeply. But at the same time, you need to be adding to that loving people. We can't separate the two. And I'm utterly convinced that the more you get to Jesus and the closer you get to Jesus, the greater your heart will be turned towards the lost and reaching to those that still need to hear this message. And that's what a healthy church is about. It's about spending incredible time in His presence, but then it's taking the commandment of Jesus to reach the world. The third reason is the Great Commission. Not only did we get the Great Commandment, but Jesus actually, after His resurrection, which we discovered last week, He came together and in John chapter 20 said, I'm going to send you like the Father sent me. He affirms again that God is ascending God. And in Matthew 28, so well known to us, it says, Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. And with this, this authority that I now have, go therefore and make disciples of all nations. Again, it's action. Go. And what do we do? We baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and we teach them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. We need to go and make disciples, and that takes time. We never just go on a mission and just randomly proclaim the gospel and then leave people to their own demises. It means that there needs to be a long-term commitment. We make sure that they accept Jesus and they're baptized into the faith. And then lastly, we teach them, and teaching takes time. Think about your own life and your own growth. And that's what excites me about the missions we do. Because so many times we bring a perspective and a teaching to the church in another nation that they haven't thought about. We get to tell and share our stories with them. And then it's so great when you hear their stories and you bring it back home. And there's a teaching that happens. The fourth reason we go on missions is there's a plentiful harvest. There's an, a beautiful field ready for the picking around the world. 
I'm hearing more and more of how people are just easily and effortlessly getting saved. Just this week, I had a phone call to someone this week that went and prayed for someone, and we prayed with the individual, and and, and I called in to hear how the prayer meeting was. I said, or how the meeting was with this guy who was utterly lost. I said, so how did it go? And the response was, mm, no, he got saved. It's like, I loved the tone in that. It's like, that should be the norm. That should be the norm that we see these names being transferred from light, from darkness to light. I love how we celebrated Ingo Yolandi's life last night at their wedding and how Yolandi's dad shared how she was on that side and we prayed for her. We trusted God and she got saved and God gave her a godly husband. And yesterday was a feast as a family to celebrate their future as husband and wife together. There's a plentiful harvest. And Jesus said this in Luke 10. He said, after appointed 72 others and sent them on ahead of him, two by two, into every town and place where he was about to go, he said to them, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. The harvest has been ripe for 2,000 years. And it still is. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into the harvest. When you pray for the harvest, you develop a heart for the harvest. And the next thing you know, you become a laborer in the field. That's why Jesus said pray. Because it's in that praying and thinking about the harvest that that passion and conviction comes out. That we need to take this salvation message for all to the world. And then lastly, and this is personally my favorite, is the compassion of Jesus. I believe that missions is good and we need to think about it strategically and with vision. But what really moves us into missions is that compassionate heart when jesus saw the crowd it said that he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless sounds a lot like what's going on around us like sheep without a shepherd and then he said to his disciples again the harvest is plentiful but the laborers are few therefore pray earnestly for the lord of the harvest harvest to send laborers into the field When you ask for the compassion of Jesus to live in your heart, you are undone for the rest of your life. And you will use every opportunity possible to go and reach the nations of the world. And make that your prayer to say, God, I want to have the compassion that Jesus had. Think about it. He was the epitome of compassion, and yet he was still moved with it when he saw the harvest and when he saw the people. So it's from that perspective that we do missions. And this morning we're going to share on our two recent missions. Uh, we're going to start with the Eastern Cape. I'm going to show you a quick overview video. And while the video plays, Anthony Philip is going to get ready to come and share this message with us about what God did in the Eastern Cape during their mission. Thanks, guys. You can hit the video. This has really been the fulfillment of, of a long-held dream. So I guess it probably started with Philippa and my involvement with Tembelicha and seeing the very significant impact that we're making in, a, in an urban or perhaps semi-urban, in the case of Krabo, context. Um, but every day there's another busload or five or ten busloads of people that arrive from the Eastern Cape and it felt like even though we were doing a really great job uh, in the Tembelicha projects in the Western Cape, 
and at the same time advancing the kingdom of God because it's very important to us that we don't just we, we don't just apply social solutions we want to apply kingdom and spiritual solutions it really felt like we needed to get to the root cause of the, uh, the problem and I'm from the Eastern Cape and I have a lot of spiritual heritage there and I share that passion to see the kingdom of God advance with, uh, with a lot of other people in our Every Nation movement and you know the reality is as a, as a church planting movement in South Africa we exist mostly in an urban middle class environment but that doesn't represent South Africa South Africa is to a very large extent rural and of course it's also poor or lower income and unless we get out there and get our hands dirty as every nation family of churches I don't think we're going to make a significant amount of impact in South Africa. Being part of the mission to Eastern Cape was amazing, was a blessing to us. Uh, my experience uh, in the Eastern Cape mission, uh, I experienced that uh, there are churches there, uh, but the culture of discipleship is not that um, much there. If maybe we can go again, go again there, and they can, we can see them at Temba Connect. And we, I need them, I need to develop them a lot with the help of our group. Because if we are working as a team, it's easy, like APC. Thank you. We were a team of 27 people that went on the mission, of which 17 were children which was incredible. So the children outnumbered the adults. But not only were we different in our ages, but we were very different in our cultural backgrounds. So we had Tosa-speaking people, we had English-speaking people and Afrikaans-speaking people on the mission. And when we were on the mission field, um, particularly with the kids' club, the children spoke um, either only Afrikaans or only Tosa. And because of the way that we involved the young children um, having come on mission with the children in the kids' club, it was wonderful to see them needing each other. going on mission to the Eastern Cape and I really enjoyed making new friends. I still have contacts with them and I really liked it and experiencing giving to people was really great. And generally uh, the, the, the community is just open to the gospel. Everybody we met, uh, not a single person who didn't give us an opportunity to share, young and old. Uh, children, uh, you know, school people and, and old people. We, we had that, that opportunity to share the gospel with them. They were kind, uh, receptive, and, uh, you know, welcoming the gospel, receiving the gospel. It was when we share the love of God in our home in the athlete, uh, 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 and then when we share uh, the love of God through the athlete, they love it and it was my highlight, honestly. Every nation, Somerset West, this is a message to you. 
We know that we can pray, and we know that we can give, and we certainly can go. This is one of the most accessible missions on our doorstep that will start to make an enormous impact in our nation. It's something you can do as families. It's something you can do as singles. It's something you can do in your older age. So come on, let's rally around this mission, around this project, and let's go. So that was a testimony of two healings. Thanks, Malkia. It was so fantastic to have uh, the Duran family and Werner on the mission team with us. And it wasn't just from Every Nation, Somerset West. So as you can see from the picture of the mission team, it was a joint effort between this church and Every Nation Zola and Every Nation in Guguletu as well. Okay, we've got a, we've got a couple of uh, slides. You can go to the next one. Okay, so this, this is the location. This is where we are. You can see the little circle there around Bedford, Fort Beaufort, and Adelaide. And just to make the point that you know, our, our heart is not just to touch the, the town of Adelaide. Bedford's just 20 k's away, and then there's Somerset East and Cookhouse, and in the other direction, uh, there's Fort Beaufort and, and Alice. And, you know, we are a, a primarily a campus-based ministry. There's a very, very important university campus at Fort Hare. That's where Nelson Mandela went to university, and we have no presence on that campus. So we did spend a, a morning there. We, we had a team of four or five people that went there. We met some Christian leaders, and, you know, that's part of the plan as well. So we really want to, to get back and, and visit the university campus as well. But that gives you a sense of where we're at. Chris, you can go to the next slide. Um, so as you saw in the pictures earlier in the video, this was our team, and um, the 17 children did outnumber the adults. But um, something that was very precious to us um, as parents taking our children was that for all of us, um, it was very important for us as parents to see that our faith as parents was, trans- was transitioning in our children. You know, at some stage in your children's life, they need to make the decision that God is their God because God has no grandchildren. And to see um, the children on this mission um, step up and you could, the, the fact that their faith, you know, was in action um, and, and your faith as a parent was, was definitely their faith was so encouraging as parents. Um, and it's a solidifying effect. So, yeah, so that was our team. The lady on the right is Sonia, and she stays in Adelaide. She's one of the projects. She runs the project for us in Adelaide. Thanks, Okay, so we did a lot of, um, it, it wasn't, it, was, it wasn't just primarily a spiritual outreach, so we tried to involve uh, a lot of different uh, aspects in, in, for the, the young children. So this kids' club was ages around 4 to four to 11, and we did a lot of crafts with them. So there was a lot of 
um, gross motor skills, fine motor skills, teaching them how to, to acquire skills that they don't ordinarily learn in either in the home or in their preschools or primary schools. So let me just chat you through the crafts. So we did um, very intentional crafts that were evangelical. So we first did the He is Risen craft, which is all the crafts lying on the grass. Um, So we got the children to make an empty tomb and an angel and Jesus. Um, and then um, we, the next craft that we did the next day was the bracelets, which we'll talk through in a minute. If you can go to the next slide. Once they'd done their craft, so it was just a craft. We, we just helped them and assisted them with their craft. They then went to time with Jesus. And um, we did skits and explanations as to what it meant to be his risen. And um, the day that we did the bracelets, we actually taught them how to do the evangelical message using the bracelets and how to then take that into a salvation prayer. So the crafts were very intentional in leading them into an evangelical message. And we had 35 children on the first day and 38 children on the next day. Okay, next slide. And then um, we also then had, so we had three different stations. So we had a craft station. And then on the second day, we did the educational games um, morning. And this was where we, um, all the, the games, remember we did a call as a church for games and toys. So we used a lot of what you donated for these kids. So we, we did color matching, pattern matching, um, assisting them to build puzzles, um, teaching them how to play snakes and ladders. Um, so it was, it, we needed each other to try. This is really where we got all our missional ch- children involved. And they really needed each other to translate. Okay, try and match the color, you know, on a puzzle. So I needed a little, one of our daughter children, Linda and Tabisa's children or Sam's children to come over and work with me to be able to be explaining Tosa or one of Durant and Carmen's children to come and help with the kids who only spoke Afrikaans. So that was really incredible. So you can see Malkia doing some teaching of, of chess in the corner there. Um, so to the next slide. Um, and then we did outdoor sport. Um, so that was just fun. It was just, um, and the boys loved it. Anything with a ball, the boys loved. So it was Buddha sport and, um, and then ball games. Part of the objective of, of this was really to add profile to Timber Connect. So Timber Connect as a Timber Leacher project has been running for almost two years now. And obviously everything that we, we're doing is to try and increase the profile and raise awareness in the community that this is a place that they can come. And if the kids know this is the place where we went and we had so much fun, so much the better. Okay, so this is uh, the, the touching teens. So we did the, the kids club, the, the younger children in the mornings, and then this in the afternoon. They were pretty shattered by the end of the day. Uh, and, you know, a lot of, lot of uh, again, games. Um, but look at the one in the top right. That's Werner and Sam. Sam's one of the elders in Every Nation Guguletu doing a prophetic activation with a young teenager. So we didn't ask, you know, are you a believer? Are you a person of faith? We just did it. We just trusted God and did all these things. And some amazing stuff came out of that. So that was really exciting. Oh, and then the, the drumming on the bottom right. So Sakumzi is our man on the ground in Fort Beaufort. And uh, so he works with Tambalicha as well. And that's a life skills course, teaching people through, through drumming um, how to kind of connect with their emotions, get their emotional pain out and receive healing and so forth. And then we did, oh, and of course, we, we took a team through to Fort Beaufort as well. So Sukumzi runs tutorials at the high schools, uh, extra lessons for high school students. We took a team through there on the one day, and I think more than 40 kids gave their hearts to Jesus then. So, I mean, we don't want to be 
overly numbers focused. But, you know, as Philippa said, more than 30 children, the small children that we worked with, we did the same with the older children in the afternoons, the kids in Fort Beaufort, you know, there was a major connection from that point of view. Okay, um, Sadie, would you come up with us? Um, we, um, we made um, well over 250 bracelets, and um, we needed to find a simple way for the children, to be, our children, to be able to share the gospel message in an evangelical way. And so um, the, the, the bracelets became very central to everything that we did, no matter where we went. And so I just wanted to ask Sadie to, um, to show you how we, how we did it with the children. So what we did was we were very intentional in mixing up the racial mix of the group. Um, so I would go with a group of, of white, black children and um, Pastor Linda would take white black children and we'd go out into the communities or with Eddie will quickly explain to you how the bracelets worked okay so the first bead is God is holy then it's but we have all sinned and done bad things which separates us from God but because God loved us so much he sent his one and only son Jesus to die on the cross for us and now we are as white as snow and we are reunited with God the Bible tells us that we need to get baptized which means that we go under the water as an old person as an old person and come up as a new creation in God and the green is because we have the Bible and the Holy Spirit we must now grow in our faith by reading the Bible and getting baptized in the Holy Spirit So, so that made the spreading of the gospel very easy. So we as adults and the children, everywhere we went, we gave out these bracelets. And the community started looking for us to get these bracelets, which was wonderful. It was really so easy. In, in, the, shop, in the very small shops, no shopping center, no Woolies food, it's a tiny little shop. You know, just the teller, I would say, the bracelet. And 30 seconds, really, and you're sharing the gospel. It's really a wonderful message. Okay, we're almost done. Um, oh, we did. T- that, so that's oh, that's a lovely picture on the left. All the hands in the middle, just showing off the bracelets, and then just a snap of us in in the township doing some ministry. Next one. Oh, and of course, this is now so many gifts. Thank you, everyone who gave um, all the stuff that we took for the for the library. That's toys, games, and books. And you can see unpacking and cataloging and all the rest. That's our our computer lab in the background. Next one. And then also just to say that we've been very, very intentional to build with the, the local pastors, ministers, reverends, etc. Very small churches in the town. And we're doing everything that we can to encourage them and to be a blessing with them. You know, we, we're a disciple-making movement. And we don't just want to go into a town, make converts, and then leave. So, you know, the plan is, and just to say, this is a very accessible mission trip. We're going to be doing it again and again. And uh, we're going to work increasingly closely with the local people to make sure that there is um, good follow-up as well. And then that's some some recycling stuff. Um, You know, we assist the the local creche teachers to make toys and crafts. Next one. Okay, and then, of course, the last day we did some work on the property. So you can see the kids involved as well, weeding and hacking out things and putting up stuff, and anyway, making the whole property clean. It's a delightful place, Adelaide and Tema Connect, so you can see it's a lovely home. 
And then just some highlights. And I think really the the one to pick out here was the multicultural, multiracial dimension. As as Sam from the Google Church said, he said, this multicultural aspect really confused the devil and he was disarmed. And then using the bracelets, people were so receptive to the gospel. And it really was just wonderful to see how people responded to us, white and black, going around in the community. And I think we're pretty much done. Thanks, guys. That's great. We're going to pray for the harvest field of Eastern Cape. So let's join our faith. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity and an open door to this mission field. Lord, we thank you for the Geards and everyone around them who's responding to this field. Lord, and we pray today, as you said, Jesus, and encourage us to that more laborers will be sent to this field of the Eastern Cape, Lord. Thank you that we know that there's transformation available through you in these small rural areas, Father. And I pray even for us as a house, Lord, for a greater clarity on how we can be involved and bring about change in our nation as we reach out to the furthest places and the furthest corners of South Africa. So we pray for Eastern Cape, Lord. Let your kingdom come and your will be done. And we just trust you for an outpouring of your work and a strengthening of your church in the Eastern Cape. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks, guys. This is amazing. I think this is the first time we ever do two missions on one morning. Um, So Germany was fantastic. It is absolutely impossible to try and share everything with you in a few minutes. I'm going to share just a couple of highlights, and then we're going to show you a video from the team, and then after that, we've got one moment to respond to, and then we are out of here. But we had three objectives on this mission. I'm going to talk about all three of them. The first was building, and it was helping Love and Care Ministries establish the Jesus House of Hope. So we needed to complete the second uh, layer or the second floor's walls, and there was some electrical work to be done. And I'm very proud to say that the team achieved everything they needed to in the time that we had there, which is fantastic. Um, Uncle Yesiparam was blown away by how hard South African women work. It was, it was a sight to see Sumeri mixing daga like you haven't seen before and carrying it up. Sunmary helping and they're shifting wheelbarrows. And Ileana and Alika, just Alyssa, everyone, they were dedicated. On one day, the team moved two tons of cement up a story to pour into the walls. So these people and the Germans like, oh my word, we haven't seen anything like this. So the team worked hard to build. The purpose again of this house is there's a lot of homeless and extremely broken people in Germany. And we, you're going to hear about that in the video. And on their property, which God has given them five acres of land, just an amazing miracle and help them to be re And they're building a house of hope where they take these people off the streets, restore them, and help them to be reinstated into community. And it's amazing to know that that wall, and while we were there, we were praying, we were listening to worship music, trusting God for the transformation that's going to happen in that house. And being able, because of your generosity, to bless them as a, as a, as a ministry with 100,000 rand was mind-blowing to them. That South Africans come to Germany and you give them 100,000 rand. They were totally undone by that. So we want to thank you for your generous giving towards the building part of this mission. Our second objective was evangelism. This was probably the most exciting one. What I love about the team that God has given us is they were fearless. They were completely and utterly fearless. 
Many of them have never done cold-faced evangelism, walking up to someone and say, hey, how's it, trying to start a conversation and share the gospel. And all of them did it, and they all did it fearlessly. Uh, it started at the Jesus House, which is a house in Bremen, where they reach out to the very downtrodden street people of Bremen. And uh, you'll hear some testimonies from there. And then we saw miracles, praying for people getting healed. The one time I was praying for a lady, I didn't understand what I needed to pray for. I prayed in English, she's German. And then she gets one of the German translators and calls her up and says, can you please translate? And I'm listening in and she said she had a terrible shoulder injury and her shoulder has been hurting quite badly especially the previous week. And while I prayed for her, she got healed. It's not like I'm staying there and like, Pierre is going to pray for healing now and I need to muster up my faith. It's just by the power of God. Uh, we prayed for people. Who, there was a foot getting healed. There were some other healings happening. At the station, the one day, Alika and myself ministered to a lady. She was there with her friends and they were drinking champagne from their handbags. And uh, she was luckily still in a good space when I started the conversation. <laughs> But she was enamored by the music that she heard. So Heinz and Eliana and Sumeri and Harriman were making music and she was just listening to it. So I started a conversation and she was on her way with friends to go see a, a show in a theater close by. And while I was speaking to her, God showed me that she's worried about her daughter. And I asked her, you've got a daughter? She said, yes. And we've talked a little bit about God and she believes there's a higher being. She's been to church once or twice. And I said, but there's something wrong with your daughter. And she's like, well, yes, everything is wrong. She's got back problems. She's got a skin condition. She's got asthma. And she just opens up. And then I lay my hands on her. I said, I'm going to pray that God will heal her. And while I pray for you, you're going to feel God touch your body to stir faith in you that your daughter can be healed. Prayed for her, shared the gospel with her. I told her to go back and pull her Bible from her library and actually read the gospel of John. And then it was amazing to see her afterwards with all her friends drinking their champagne from their handbags. It was chaotic around. They were just in a festive mood and she stood like this, staring up to heaven for maybe 10 minutes with just tears flowing down her face. So these are the kind of things. We've got plenty of stories. Sandra and I prayed for two people, uh, two sisters that, that believed in God, but the one followed Hinduism and the one followed, sorry, Buddhism, the one followed evolution as their means to find God. And I asked them a question. I said, do you believe that you can feel God? And they said, no, it's impossible. So I said, we're going to pray for you. And we prayed for them. While I was praying for them, I said, God, please let their hearts beat faster so that they understand that you are the creator of their lives. And while I prayed, I saw them going. And then we said, amen, and said, did you guys? And they both said, we feel our hearts beating faster when you prayed that. So that's the beauty of the last verse in the gospel of Mark is that he will confirm his gospel message with signs and wonders. It was amazing to share. And uh, I'm so proud of the team and what they did. There was words of wisdom um, sometimes God translated, well, to Eliana once, there was a lady who spoke to her in German, and God translated to her, said, she's saying this, 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 and this. And then the translator's like, yes, that's what she's saying. How do you know this? She said, no, I feel that. And there was just some amazing stories. So evangelism was great. And then I think which is always fantastic on any mission is to strengthen the local church. Um, the picture that God gave me in hindsight when I got back, not in hindsight, we joked about that a lot, um, in hindsight was that we went and there was, a, there was a blow of God's spirit through what we did to take away the overgrowth on the mission field in Germany. It felt like the leaders are so overcome by the darkness and everyone says, Germany is dark, Germany is hard, Germany is difficult, that this is the confession of the church there. 
that it's such a hard mission field. And we came in and the, the, the feedback we got from the evangelists on the ground who reach out every week in the cities, it's never been this open. I've never seen people respond so openly to the gospel message. The church said, we haven't experienced the fullness of God like this in our worship. And it's not because of us, it's God using us with His Spirit to blow that overgrowth so that they can see the glorious harvest field. So we ministered in four churches, and every single ministry was fantastic. We ministered in Bassem, where we stayed, in Achim, which is a small town outside of Bremen, in Bremen, and then one night we went to the Netherlands in Rotterdam. Literally drove six hours, pulled out the sound, ministered, packed up, had McDonald's, 12 o'clock at night, and drove back four hours. And we saw miracles there. When you drive 170 kilometers on the autobahn, then Jesus is truly alive, getting us back home safely. <laughs> so that's, this doesn't do it justice. I hope the video will stir a little bit more. But here's my invitation to you. If you want to hear more about Germany, and a lot of you are asking, get with some of the team members and say, hey, just tell me your stories. Each team member has so much to share. And uh, we've made a video to show you a little bit of Germany. We can hit the lights and we're going to show this one. And then we're going to conclude this morning. Thanks. into the missions field is always a very exciting thing. It's always a very liberating thing because you totally go to live out what's been invested in you and what you believe God has called you to. And especially going into a missions field for the first time. And this is our first trip to Europe. It's been an incredible week and we have got so much to share. And um, I think the most exciting part is to go into Europe and see a ripe and ready harvest for the picking. Is that there are people and souls who's been waiting for the church to come. And really just bring the gospel message of Jesus Christ. And I think most significant of what we did is to strengthen the local church there with this message. And to help them see this ready available harvest that they can get and bring into their homes. What was great about um, being on a mission like this, and especially for myself was uh, finding myself in the place of being in total expectation of what God was going to do in the next minute. 
the, the play, even when we were building, whether we were driving in the cars or we were in Bremen or something like that, what is God going to do next? And it was an excitement and uh, to be expecting God to do something. So it was like, beep, 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 beep. What's he doing? And then wanting to go and, and join there. Not just to the right, we go to the right. One of the greatest things to go on a mission is to go and give support to the people that's on the ground. Um, giving them joy, bringing them joy, um, and just encouraging them where they're serving every day. the churches in Germany and worshipping with them, I could, we all really experienced how they felt uplifted and inspired. Um, you could see the hunger and the refreshment that they also needed desperately. It was just amazing to see how they responded to the songs and a lot of them didn't understand the lyrics but um, you could see their hearts were in it and we translated some of the words and most of the songs we translated on the screens but there was just such a unity in spirit and, and we could feel how God is using us to, to uplift them, to build them up, to inspire them to, to go all out in, in, in worshipping Him. The, the warmth and the recept, receptive uh, people that we met I think if I, you know, thinking back of the people that we met in the churches and the people that we encountered in the streets, they were generally receptive and, and quite warm, which was uh, you know, quite a surprise to me. I think when you think of, of people in Europe and especially Germans, you think of very straight and frank people, which um, I think was, wasn't the case. So I think back when Pierre said um, we're going to go into the plane and we're going to talk to people about Jesus, just randomly approaching people, I was terrified. Um, I thought, oh my goodness, how am I going to do this to just walk up to people and just start having the conversation with them? And um, I remember seeing this one guy, he was a dad, um, and I just saw him looking at his kids. His kids were there just running after the bubbles. And I just saw him just watching his kids. And I thought, I have to just go and talk to him. And then at that moment, um, everything was just stripped away. I just approached them and had a normal conversation with him. And then it just led up to telling him why we are there, why we have the music. Before the trip, we, uh, in preparation, we uh, prayed a lot. And God showed me an image of a guy, which I drew in my journal. Um, so on the Saturday when we went out doing the evangelism day, we I actually met the guy, and his name was Valentine. And I spent about a, close to an hour ministering to him, and uh, uh, gave my quick testimony to him. And he said that his uh, his father committed suicide when he was young, and that's how he ended up on the street. So um, I told him about God that God showed me him in, in my. Uh, showed him to me and uh, uh, about a month ago and I showed him the date and uh, he just started weeping and just told me that he that he actually asked God about a month ago for to send him help so 
Um, for me, me, being married to a German, um, I have a German wife, and I've been to Germany twice before, um, but a whole different context. We were there for visiting family, um, but I saw the brokenness once we got off a train, and I saw these druggies sitting there doing the drugs and just being broken, and that broke my heart. And um, that's why I felt I had to go with on this trip, and God used me for that. I remember a night at the Jesus house, there was a broken individual there that um, we then ministered to, and myself and a, a German lady, Marcella, was part of the team there. Um, we prayed for him, or I prayed in English, and she translated, and he gave his life to the Lord. What really moved me about one night when we ministered at the Jesus house was the brokenness of people and um, I realized that they don't need fancy words or perfect stories they need to be moved by love and that's what Jesus did is he moved their hearts with his love through us and through our stories and 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 our brokenness he came with his perfect love it was just shocking for me to see so many homeless people in a first world country like Germany. And I worked with homeless people when we lived in Texas and I work with people here in South Africa, but it was just different to see them in a place like Germany. And so the biggest impact for me was just praying for them and showing them the love of Jesus through just a simple hug. And when you pray for them, and even if they couldn't understand you, you still prayed for them and God moved and you give them a hug afterwards. and. It just seemed to make their day, which made my day in return. And it just seemed to just change the atmosphere. And it just changed my heart. And the Lord has moved in my heart for the homeless people since then. We knew there were a lot of busking and musicians there and music going around in the town square. So we were excited to take our own music and um, and just but take our music with a difference and take the name of Jesus into the open air there. And it was really incredible and such an amazing vibe and singing our songs. And you could see people responding a little bit differently to, to what we were saying and what we were doing. And we had no guitar open and for people to throw in money. So we were there for only one purpose and it was not to, <laughs> to ask for money, but to, you know, to proclaim the name of Jesus. That, that was quite exciting. What stood out for me was the reality of the spiritual warfare that we stepped right into. No, obviously, we knew beforehand this might happen, but uh, every everywhere we went, uh, every situation we were in, it was very obvious that there was something in the spirit that needed to be overcome. And the, the obvious thing is that wherever uh, souls are out there that needs to be one for the kingdom, there is a warfare that's going to happen. And for me personally, that's one of the things that stood out from this trip is and I was trusting God for that, that I would develop more of a heart for souls. And that has happened in a big way. Um, and I'm, I'm really excited about it. And I think the, the other thing that really stood out for me is the way that we were so blessed by our great leadership that helped us to prepare properly for not just the practical, but the spiritual, which was such a big part of this. So that when the tough stuff came, we were ready. And I think we handled it well. 
under the guidance of the leaders that we had and learn so much about what to do when those situations come up. I think especially in, for myself on this trip, it was a mission trip and I went and I gave a lot and I, I served a lot and I helped a lot. Um, but I think mostly I, I gained a lot um, through God working, you know, specifically with me and, um, yeah, just talking to me and showing me stuff that he wants me to work on and, and for my future. And, uh, yeah, so it's my first first business trip, and uh, but I think I'll definitely go again, you know, um, if I can see what God did in my life during the time that I was there. I will be glad to go on another one. And the one thing that we had to do while we were there um, is to show the German people that barbecuing and braying is not the same. And we just had to show them what the South African braai looks like and feel like. And I think they are still talking about it. Where are we, guys? We're in the city of Bremen. <laughs> so yes, we we rechristened Bremen as Bremen. With 60 chops and 40 ribs later. And uh, we're gonna we're gonna wrap this up. I think in essence what I want to say after a moment like this. There's com- continuous stories we can share, but this really is a call to us again as the church to say, will we rise up and be a missional church in everything we do? And um, we have an opportunity in a couple of weeks' time through our blanket drive, where on Mother's Day we're going to go to Every Nation Zola. You can put up the slide. Last year we collected 370 blankets to bless the community in Zola with, and that's our next mission. And each one of you can actually take your feet on Mother's Day and join the church there in the afternoon after you've had your lunches and your whatever you do on Mother's Day. Uh, we usually just take a nap. Um, to go and, and bless the church in Zola. And that happens now already. We've got the blankets out front and 370 blankets, that's the benchmark. We can't go lower than that. We've need to, we need to beat that. So the goal this year is 400 blankets for that community. So missions will always be an integral and key part of what we do as a house. We are called to go to the nations of the world. And I want to pray for us this morning. If you feel stirred again, you know what I love about this team is we're still on the WhatsApp group. It says a lot about about a missions team because sometimes after a mission, you just like, I don't want to see that people ever again. But And the guys are sharing testimonies of how they're going to pray for people in hospitals, how people are getting saved even after the trip here back home. I told the team, it's great that we go and do that here, but let's take what we saw there and just simply do it in South Africa. And I see that fearless boldness in their lives now and how they live it now day to day. And it's available to each one of us. So if you want to respond in a fresh way this morning, say, God, I want to be a volunteer in your army to reach the nations of the world. Why don't you stand with me this morning as we conclude in prayer and thank God for what he's done. We thank you, Jesus, that when you send us out into the world, you promise that we will not be alone, but that your presence and you will be with us. 
We thank you, Jesus, that it's by the power of your Holy Spirit that we do this. We thank you, Jesus, that we are your workmanship, that you created us for good works, that you've prepared those good works. All we have to do is find and walk in it. Lord, you've made it in a, in a, in a, a simple way, easy for us to, to access this mandate of taking your word and your gospel to the world. And I pray, Lord, for everyone standing this morning that we, in a fresh way, Lord, yes, will be a praying church like we were yesterday, Lord, seeking you and and investigating our hearts, Lord, but that we would not only be a praying church, that we would be a going church that takes those prayers and live it, that takes the songs that we sing on a Sunday and live it, and take it into our own Jerusalem, into Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. We thank you, Lord, for your faithful hand on these two missions, that we can only boast in Christ, who has gone before us, who has supplied in every need. Lord, and that Eastern Cape and Germany Your kingdom has come a little greater to so many hearts and so many people. And we thank you for that, Lord. I pray for everyone standing in authenticity here this morning saying, Jesus, again in a fresh way, I say I want to sign up that you will start speaking to hearts right now on how they need to do it in their workplaces, in their families, in their neighborhood, in this city, and to the nations of the world, Lord. That you will continue to speak to us, Lord. Thank you for Jock, who's just been to uh, Lesotho, to reach out to the people of that nation as well. I pray, Lord, for more of us to respond like that in the simple, simple, great commission of being part of your work here on earth. We thank you for that in Jesus' name. Lord, we bless you. Lord, we thank you for the king you are. Thank you that you are leading this house. Lord, and as we go from here, I bless each one this morning, Father, with your presence as they go to take your gospel message to the world. Lord, and we say we are ready for Mother's Day to go and bless the community of Zola across the road from us with your warmth of a blanket and the warmth of the comfort of your Holy Spirit coming around them. Lord, so we are ready for that in Jesus' name. And the people of God say, Amen. Amen. Be inspired. Go and lift that this week. Have tea and coffee to give you the energy you need to do it. And uh, we'll see you guys next Sunday again. Awesome. The chairs you can pack six high and to the side.